Well, Richard, I thank you for taking time out uh, oh, to thank you, Mark, talk about on. talk about your film. Uh, your Midwest filmmaker here, uh, Richard Burgett. And uh, you, you got your film, uh, Fang, which had its uh, premiere, uh, was it uh, last month? Uh, or at end of November, was it? that, uh, Or beginning yeah, of December? November, end of November. Like end yeah. of November. Right. It, it seems so long ago already. It's only a couple months ago, but it seems so long ago. <laughs> it's been a long mm-hmm. end of last year and beginning of this year. Oh, I am. Yeah. Yeah, it has. It, it's it's fast and yet slow at the same time. I don't know how that happens. Uh, but, but, sir, if you could give my listeners uh, just a maybe a, a synopsis in your words of what Fang is about. Well, Fang is about a young man named Billy Cochran. He works as a janitor at like this factory in Chicago. And Billy lives with his mother, Gina, who is, has Parkinson's. And so it's about kind of their mother-son relationship as her health is declining and his mental health is declining. And so one night, you know, Billy gets home from work. He, he wakes up in the middle of the night. He has to use the bathroom at home. And there's this rat in the bathtub. And so the rat jumps out it chases Billy around the house and it bites him. And from that point forward, Billy starts transforming into a rat. It's like he's growing rat fur, like under his skin. And that's the most I can say about Fang without giving too much of the plot away. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You don't, you don't want to give too much away to Fang. Oh, yeah. So where did the idea for Fang come from? Well, Fang was partly autobiographical for me. And I think what probably, probably, what probably planted the seeds of Fang in my head is, you know, I had like an experience like at my dad's house, his old house, where, you know, I was, I was in the bathroom and this kind of centipede crawled over my foot and it looked like it, you know, it just came out of nowhere. And then I felt something and it's like, you know, what is this, you know? And, you know, cause it's this weird feeling of like all these little feet. And then I looked down and I was like, Oh shit, this bug just crawled over my foot. So I think that experience probably planted the seeds of Fang in my head and you know you can't have him turning into a bug you know because that would be like the metamorphosis <laughs> kafka yeah. there would be too much like that so then i decided all right you know so bug is bug is out of the question and so i decided you know how about a rat you know he could be transforming into a rat now that would work and i and you know i think that rats kind of fit well for fang too you know because rats you know a lot of people are afraid of rats but rats don't really mean to hurt anyone you know they're just you know they're just kind of there you know they just want to eat you know they want to survive like any other creature Mm -hmm. and they'll only bite you you know if they feel like you're some kind of threat or if they think you look like cheese then they might want to bite you too (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. With the, the cheese, they might want to bite you if they if you look like cheese. Oh yeah, so if, you look, if you look like a good rat snack. <laughs> <laughs> a good rat snack. I like oh, that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I like the concept. I will say the the rat thing threw me for a little bit uh, because I went into a film a little cold. I, I kind of wanted to try to not know too much about it. And uh, I, I loved how you worked the rat in there. there it felt a oh, little, uh, it felt a little like you worked a little bit of Willard in there. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. I, Willard was an influence on thing. In, in a good way. Uh, it kind oh, of a cross, yeah. be, kind of a cross between uh, Willard and Donnie Darko in honesty. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of the vibe I was getting. Uh, well, I'm glad so, you got that vibe. That's a that's a great vibe to have. Yeah. So, uh, what was it uh, that made you choose Parkinson's for uh, the character of Gina? Because well, it's not it's it's not a disease or a condition, I should say, that is explored a lot. So it surprised me that that was chosen. Oh uh, yeah. Well, that also sadly comes from personal experience. Mm -hmm. My dad had Parkinson's. And, you know, so that was, you know, and I think that's, you know, real life horror, like, you know, like there are so many different, you know, horror movies and it's scaring you with something, you know, that's made up that doesn't really exist. But I think, you know, diseases like Parkinson's, you know, is that's that to me is real life horror. And so I know that, you know, it's uncomfortable. It's painful to watch. I've had people tell me that. You know, that like, actually, I, I, I've been talking to one distributor and he said that he had to pause Fang after 30 minutes because, you know, it was so hard for him to watch this. But I think that, you know, you know, if you if you really want to tell a, you know, a story about, you know, kind of these characters who are going to the dark side, then you don't want to hold back. You know, you want to show like what can push people over the edge you know, whether you have, you know, you're living with somebody who has a terminal condition like Parkinson's or you're you're living with schizophrenia or some other kind of, you know, thing where, where you know, it's making your life really hard. And so, you know, I, I didn't want to hold back in making Fang. I wanted to, you know, you know, just like go with the darkness that I know sure. from my own life. Well, I, I mean, I, I appreciated that exploration quite a oh, bit because, you. you know, um, you know, my, my mother, uh, suffered from dementia. Oh, so I'm at sorry. first I thought, uh, it, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's life. Uh, it happens, but it, it's, I thought maybe that's where you were going with it at first, but when, uh, you, uh, put, when it came up that it was Parkinson's, uh, I thought that was very interesting, uh, to take that angle. Now, uh, Dylan LeRae plays a Billy and uh, was it a long process to find your character? I know you worked on a limited budget. Did you have someone in mind already uh, when you were writing the character? You know, uh, uh, how did you get uh, uh, Dylan to play Billy? Well, the interesting thing is, is that like when I started writing Fang, originally I was thinking I could play Billy myself. Hmm. And then, you know, when, when I brought up that idea, you know, to different people, they were like, no fucking way. That's too much work for you to do. <laughs> and then at first, you know, my ego was all wrapped up in this. So I'm thinking, 
well, I still want to play Billy. And then one night, you know, I was having trouble sleeping. And then I realized, what the fuck was I thinking? You know, I can't do all of this at once. And so I put up an audition notice to try to find actors to play Billy, you know, and, and, you know, the actors sent in their audition videos. And then what really struck me about Dylan's audition video is that, you know, there was more kind of like silence in his audition video. Like a lot of the actors who auditioned to play Billy wanted to do the big, you know, monologues, Mm -hmm. but Dylan captured more of the physicality of Billy and he was acting out the silent scenes because there's a lot of scenes, you know, where Billy doesn't talk He's you know, very introverted character. So I thought, you know, and, and I, that, it, I, that didn't occur to me at the time, but that really, you know, that, that was what really stuck with me from Dylan's audition. And, you know, that, that, you know, that mm-hmm. made me want to cast him as Billy. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, he plays the part very well. Uh, oh, thank and, you. And it, you know, and I, I enjoyed his performance quite a bit. It's very, uh, uh, you you feel his descent <laughs> into into <laughs> madness of sort. You know, you kind it kind of justifies that. Well, not justifies, but I mean, you can kind of understand at least. Oh yeah, right? you can understand it without justifying it. Right, right. You you, you don't have to agree with his actions. Uh, not to spoil it, but uh, you can you can kind of see where where it comes from. Oh yeah. Least. Uh, now your Billy character is an artist, so. Uh, and there's artwork featured throughout as Billy is uh, uh, showing some of his art to uh, the caretaker of his mom. Uh, who did all that art, the drawings? Well, we have like, we have, you know, different people, you know, contributed mm-hmm. to, you know, like the bedroom set. And, you know, it's interesting that you've brought that up, you know, because I really like what we did with, you know, the bedroom set. And that's not something that you know a lot of people have noticed because you know i noticed that we got some very kind of subtly weird artwork in the background and so some of it i don't know where it came from you know Hmm. and then we had our production designer diamond Descupta, and she did a great job you know setting up this you know set for the for billy's bedroom because you know a lot of pivotal scenes take place in the bedroom and the drawings of the Gregsians, which is Billy's fantasy world. And the Gregsians are, are, you know, a species of aliens that he likes to write about. All of those drawings were done by my friend, Aubrey Thorne. And I, I haven't talked to her for a while, but we were, you know, good friends. And, you know, she, decided to do some drawings for Fang. And, you know, I said, you know, hey, these are great. You know, this is this is perfect for Fang. Yeah, uh, they're uh, very fitting. I just something I noticed. Oh, I, think it's, I think some people don't realize, you know, you're you're you, when you put a movie together, you got to come up with all those elements. Oh, and so yeah. The, so those had to come all from, the little details. Yeah. <laughs> So those had to come from somewhere, uh, you know, so I noticed that and I was just like, wow, you know, there was a lot in there that was put in work into those drawings um, oh, yeah. and, and, and his uh, aliens in that, uh, you know, as well. I, I just liked his whole world and, and his whole uh, thing that he was coming up with, too. Oh, I found thank it you. Very, very cool. Now, 
as far as the rest of the casting goes, and we'll talk about the we'll talk about uh, Gina in a little bit. But I was wondering for the rest of your casting outside of Gina, um, you know, was it a long process finding your other performers? Did you tap friends? Uh, how did that process go? Well, I, I got a lot of, you know, responses from the audition notices I put up. I wouldn't say, I mean, compared to the overall making of Fang, I wouldn't say it was extremely long by any means, you know. And of course, you know, like if you think directing is competitive, acting is even more competitive. You know, a lot <laughs> of people want to act. So like even if you put up an audition notice for a really small role, you usually end up getting a lot of responses for that role. And so, yeah, and, you know, I, I, I put up the audition notices and, you know, I, I watched people's auditions and then I chose, you know, the actors that stood out to me. And I'm, I'm really happy, you know, with everyone in the cast that, you know, I, I think I got really lucky, you know, with some, some great actors, you know, applying, you know, to want to act in, thing you know and it was an honor you know to work with you know this team on making thing and i don't want to take too much credit for myself you know because it was really a team effort well yeah that's the way it usually is with especially smaller budget films uh is that everybody kind of does wears a lot of hats oh yeah i'll do uh different jobs uh so myra i believe is the caretaker uh you know uh, where where did that character come from and and you know uh what what were you looking for when you were picking that casting for uh Jess Paul who eventually landed the role Well I was I was talking to Jess online like in the early stages of making Fang and I showed her you know the script that you know she really liked the script and she really wanted to play Myra and so I'm like, all right, yeah, you can, yeah, you can be Myra. You know, that's that's a good idea. And what I thought, you know, when I was when I came up with Myra's characters, that you know, in Billy and Gina's relationship, and she's kind of like the straight man, quote unquote, in their right, yeah, family dynamic. You know, she is somebody who is sane, and she's coming from outside of this kind of very troubled family and Myra is kind of like the voice of reason that she's trying to help Billy and Gina, but she also has never experienced the things that they've experienced. So she's kind of oblivious, but trying to be helpful at the same time. Yeah. She's, she seems to be a, a definitely a challenged character. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> oh Yeah. She, She's pulled it in many directions. Uh, so yeah, then uh, we come to Gina. I've I've got to know how did you get Lynn Lowry for this role? Uh, because man, does she just knock it out of the park? I was oh, wondering how, how how did she become involved in the project? Well, actually, Lynn reached out to me first, which is ironic because you know she was the most famous actress in Fang and she was also one of the first who reached out to me before I put out any audition notice and what happened was I made some kind of comment you know on social media about like oh yeah I'll be making a new movie soon 
And then I got a message from Lynn asking me, like, you know, hey, Richard, you know, I saw that you're making a new movie. I was wondering if you have a role in it for me. That was like, you bet I do. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> oh, no, not at all, Lynn. No, sorry. It's, oh, it's, yeah. Of course, you're scribbling down. You know, I mean, you already had the role, but I could see even if you did it, it's like, uh, give me five minutes. Yep, we got a we got a roll for you now, Lynn. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, after she told me that, and I was still writing the script at that point, and you know, what Lynn told me that that I started to emphasize her character much more in the story, and I think that you know, Billy and Gina really kind of mirror each other. At least that was my intention mm -hmm. in Fang because they're they're both you know sick in different ways and they end up kind of destroying each other because they keep clashing because of their each of their own sicknesses and that's the conflict the major conflict of the movie yeah and it, it i mean they they play off each other well i i think uh but well, definitely, but definitely lynn just Man, did she get into this role? I was just like, there, there's a few scenes in there where I'm just like, wow, she she just knocked it out of the park, you know. Uh, and you know, you had direct, you haven't directed a whole lot uh, uh, films, so you know, what was it like directing Lynn Lowry? Was there was it a collaborative effort? Uh, you know, did she she let you be the director? I was just curious how that how that went. Well, I mean, she nailed a lot of it right away. You know, there were definitely times when I gave her notes, like for a couple of scenes where it wasn't quite what I originally had in mind. But I mean, yeah, for the most part, she just nailed it right away. And, you know, I was, you know, I was a little bit worried when I sent her the script because I was thinking, you know, what if she finds this role degrading? Right. And then Lynn, you know, she really liked it. And then she told me, Gina, is her favorite character that she's ever played. So, you know, I think wow. she just really could. Oh yeah. And she just, you know, she really connected to it right away. Mm -hmm. That was, that was my main impression of, of I guess, working with Lynn. Yeah. yeah. She, uh, you could tell she got into that role because you, you Oh yeah. You don't see Lynn, you see Gina in there as a person that, uh, you don't exactly care for how big of a challenge is it to write a character who you know i mean because you want to i'm sure give it a little balance so you don't completely despise the character but at the same time i mean what kind of challenge is that to write a character that you know people aren't going to like uh, do you get really into it or do you sit there going eh, maybe this is a little too far well i mean it's easy to come up with you know, characters that people don't like. Mm -hmm. If anything, I think it's harder to write a really likable character who seems, you know, real because everybody has like, you know, a dark side. And, you know, I think, you know, with Gina, you know, a lot of it is that, you know, she has Parkinson's and, you know, and she's had a lot of bad experiences in life even before she got Parkinson's, you know, and she has a lot of regrets and she's living in the past. So I hope that people do kind of see something sympathetic about her, even though she's really 
the main villain of Thang. <laughs> yeah, you know, she is a sympathetic character, but it just is also a character you really just don't like for a good chunk of the film. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, you. Uh, you know she has she has Parkinson's, and so you're you're right. The the feeling I get from her is okay. I I understand her. You know, Billy is a little bit harder actually to be sympathetic for <laughs> in a way. Well, he becomes the villain eventually. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I found it a little bit. It's like okay. I mean, I understand he's been under a lot of psychological stress, but at the same time, I'm like, you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm kind of pulling for Gina a little more now. <laughs> you know, well, actually, the person you feel most sympathetic for, I think, at least I did, was Myra. I mean, yeah, Myra's, Myra. yeah. She's just not equipped to to handle two mentally uh, ill folks. No. <laughs> you know, two folks. Uh, her training didn't prepare her for this. De dealing with psychological issues, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Now, of four locations, we've got Billy. It's not just in their house. I mean, you've got a few other locations, including where Billy works, which is a whole other story, which I found fascinating and also very I Chicago and also very Chicago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least the reputation of Chicago and oh, organized yeah. businesses. Um, How did you find that, you know, uh, how was it securing locations in in the city i mean did you have to uh, do a lot of location shooting and and you know what what's kind of that process doing it in such a, a big city uh, that you uh, you know you shot this in uh, what kind of challenges were there for that well we found a lot of the locations at the last minute i remember you know driving around the city with my producer and my cinematographer and you know and you know we were really, you know, trying to lock everything down last minute. That's what I remember from the beginning of Fang. And, you know, Rob, my producer, and Jason, my cinematographer, you know, they they did a fantastic job, you know, helping get things set up with Fang because, you know, I would I would have a hard time handling all the logistical stuff myself. <laughs> and so we found, you know, what I thought were great, you know, locations, and I really wanted to capture, you know, that gritty side of chicago and actually the factory where billy works we filmed at hell's gate haunted house in lockport outside the city mm -hmm. and if i had known that we would be able to film in a haunted house before we started working on fang i would have worked that into the script somehow <laughs> you get access to a haunted house yeah oh yeah that's something special yeah, you've got all your special effects and stuff already worked out there, so you don't even don't even have to worry about set dressing because it's already that's right. It's already set. It's already there. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of the special effects, uh, you know, how much of your budget did you plan for the special effects? Because you don't have a huge amount, but you do have some in here: some blood effects, some gore effects, uh, especially that uh, the nightmare scene involving Gina. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What was your process with uh, coming up with that? Well, yeah, I mean, well, it wasn't like a huge, you know, special effects budget. So, you know, when I was writing Fang, you know, I knew that this movie was going to be made on a low budget if it was going to get made at all. And so I knew that, you know, we can't have too many scenes of, you know, the rat man and 
you know, the blood and got so, so I decided, you know, when I'm, when I was coming up, you know, with the movie that for the few scenes that we do have that, you know, it has to really count. Mm-hmm. It has to make a really strong, you know, impression on people when it is in there. And, you know, I, that's, that's what I tried to do. <laughs> so Lynn didn't have a problem at all with, uh, uh, putting blood in her. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think she's probably done it before. <laughs> He's done it a few times. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but I love I loved her hair in that scene oh, too. Oh, thank that. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, and yeah. I mean, yeah. It was it's it's a nightmare hairstyle. <laughs> it's a nightmare hairstyle. <laughs> I like that quite a bit. Uh, nightmare hairstyle. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like. I, you know, I, I enjoyed all the designs that you had here. Your your rat king. Uh, that you came up with uh did you make that uh, was that from scratch or did you just get the parts from uh you know costume shops or whatnot or or piece it together from there i don't actually remember off the top of my head how the rat king costume was made i don't think we bought it at a costume shop i think it might have been like you know like alterations and like kind of you know attaching the rat for <laughs> was had and Caitlin Young, she was our you know makeup artist and mm-hmm. visual effects makeup artist, you know, and she did a great job, you know, getting all of this stuff together. What would you think though? I mean, uh, that had to be interesting when you, you see the Rat King. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. there one thing to write it on paper, right? But it's another thing to to see it visually come come together. I mean, what. Was it what you're looking for? Was it what you yeah. hoped? <laughs> well, what I what I had in mind is for the Rat King to look kind of artificial because I think that makes it feel more surreal. Sure. Like if he looked like a realistic, you know, giant rat, you know, I think that it would lose something. So I kind of wanted it to look like a guy in a rat costume, which is what it is. What it is. <laughs> because That's... I think that adds to the weirdness of it. And that's where I got kind of the Donnie Darko vibe, especially yeah, a guy in a bunny costume, a guy in a bunny, yeah, you you know, to where you're like, is he really a rat king or just a guy in a suit? You know, just kind of like with Donnie (laughs) Darko, is is that a guy in a bunny suit or is that a real creepy bunny? I I'm not sure. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Now we we have to ask. how many rats were hurt in the making of this picture? Uh, zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> we had that disclaimer at the end. No animals yep. were harmed in the making of this picture. Yeah. The, the fake rats. Where'd you get the fake rats from then? Uh, oh, we had a real rat in the bathtub. <laughs> right. The, 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 but there was the dead one as well under the car. I was wondering. Uh, oh, yeah. Where... I don't remember where we got the mm. dead rat, I guess. I mean, I guess in Chicago, it's easy to find. <laughs> just, we just found it. You just, your location shooting and going, hey, prop right there. There we oh, go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just throw that in a freezer bag and, and save it for later for when we shoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you, that was the shot before the pandemic or did yeah, you? Yeah, like it was through? right before the pandemic. We were incredibly lucky with that. It was filmed in January. In February 2020, and at first I was thinking, you know, this is going to be tough filming in the winter. And, you know, there was concern on set about, you know, what if there's like a storm 
that comes in and, you know, because the snow would disrupt continuity. But we got lucky with weather and we got lucky that we didn't wait till the springtime because then there might have been no fang. So, yeah, you snow, snow in the Midwest. What? In, in <laughs> what? No, doesn't throw off your continuity at all. You just have that as like dream sequences. Like he was dreaming oh, of, yeah. of snow and, and snow that's how he outdoor shots. He, he, he <laughs> perceives snow. There isn't actually snow in the world. He's just seeing snow as he goes more and more crazy. You know, oh, yeah. it's a rat in the world. snow. It was a white rat, so it'd be harder to see in the snow. Too, That's though. true. You, yeah. You have to add a little extra blood to the effects for it. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Hello. really glad, actually, that we filmed, you know, in the winter, because mm -hmm. I think that adds like a certain starkness to, yeah. you know, the outdoor scenes in Fang in Chicago in the summer feels a lot more festive. And so in the winter, it feels more like a forsaken land, which is what I wanted, you know, because it's really only nightmarish in mm -hmm. Chicago in the winter. And nightmarish is what I wanted for Fang. So I think that worked out well. Oh, yeah, it did, especially for your color palette. Uh, in it. Oh, thank you. I think people, you know, you, you associate the North uh, and, and our our area, because I'm, I'm just north of you in Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, our areas, you know, oh, winter, you get snow all the time. It's like, yeah, well, we don't get snow. It's pretty bleak around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> once, once you get past fall and all the leaves turn to mush and then you just got the bare trees and gray for like a week with no sunlight, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, it, it can get pretty bleak, and I think you captured that well. <laughs> oh, thank you, yeah. And Jason Kratik did a great job with the color correction, and he was also mm -hmm. our cinematographer before then. And, yeah, I think, you know, we were we were lucky, you know, to get to film in the winter in a way. I mean, well, we weren't lucky when we were outdoors because it was cold, but we were we were lucky in terms of, you know, the shots that we got to have in, in Fang. So it worked out well artistically. <laughs> Even if your crew was a little cold, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I was cold, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm out here with you guys, okay? I'm not just making you go out here by yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're all, we're all in this together. We're freezing together. <laughs> so what about uh, Gina and Billy's apartment as well? Was, uh, you know, was that someone's apartment or did, did you have to kind of... <laughs> Look for it, or did you did you like tell a landlord? Yeah, could we get this for like four days, maybe? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, actually, we had to switch locations for the house midway through filming, and you know we filmed all the scenes of Billy's bedroom first, and so those scenes are actually in a different house than all the other house scenes. And what happened was is that the house we were filming in. It was a house that had serious problems, like it had electrical problems. You couldn't run a heater in there and film at the same time. So it was like it, it, we would like run the heater while we weren't filming. Then we had to turn it off while we were filming them back on afterwards. Ah, <laughs> uh, true, a true indie film. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta keep. Let's keep these scenes short, okay? It's gonna get sub below That's zero right. tonight. 
So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made it blend well. Uh, oh, thank you. you. I, I think it blends well. It feels it feels like it's all the same uh, location. You know, the joys of That's the, the magic of editing. The movie magic editing, yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how long did speaking of editing? How long did it take you to put this together? Once you know you had it done, uh, the long the time. Yeah, <laughs> that was the longest part. Mm-hmm. It took basically from 2020 until 2022 to put it all together mm-hmm. in post production. Wow, that that is a long post production. Oh you, yeah. Did you have various, uh, were there various versions of it, though, that you just kind of trimmed down or maybe had people watch it that you trimmed it down? Or was it just, uh, that's just how long it took to put it all together? No, I mean, well, you know, there are, yeah, there are earlier versions of it, but it, but it's kind of similar editing to how it mm-hmm. is now. It's just like, you know, the really early versions have like worse, you know, audio, worse <laughs> color grading. Mm-hmm. It's not quite edited as well. And, you know, so all of those things, you know, it took a long time to get it, you know, improved in post-production. Yeah, audio is usually the the biggest challenge. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I feel bad for everybody who had to deal with, you know, the audio on on Fang. You know, you have my condolences. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I imagine filming outdoors in Chicago wasn't exactly the easiest for your audio folks. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I mean, and that's something that, you know, especially because we didn't have like a huge budget. And I know a lot of movies, you know, do ADR for the scenes mm-hmm. that, you know, like where it's not great audio quality. And we didn't have the budget for ADR. So we had to fix it the old fashioned <laughs> way. <laughs> and- those words that everybody hates. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> oh yeah, that's they're gonna put that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. Uh, so, uh, do you have Fang now showing at other festivals? Or I know you did the premiere in Chicago, uh, and did you have a good turnout for that? Oh yeah. No, I mean, you know, it was it was a wonderful, you know, experience to, to see Fang on the big screen. And I felt like, you know, it got a really positive response. Unless somebody was just not telling me that they hated it. But I think it got a really positive <laughs> response for most of the people there. You know, it was and it was great that we got a lot of the cast and crew back together, you know, because this is really our movie. It's not just my movie. It's our movie. You know, we all. Fag is a part of all of us, you know, it's sure. a rat like part of all of us. And yeah, it was a wonderful experience. And now I'm hoping to show Fang, you know, at more festivals, get distribution and yeah, well, and, and, and we'll get it out there. Go. Well, I mean, just having Lynn attached to it and the performance she puts in, I would, if I was a distributor, I, I mean, I don't distribute. I just, someday. Uh, but if I did someday, I'm sure you will, because uh, oh, especially yeah. with her attached to it and the performance she puts in, um, I think it deserves to be seen by a lot of people. Oh, thank you, uh, Mark. For sure. Uh, so, uh, you know, what's next for you? You mentioned fags going to, uh, you're going to try to submit it to other festivals. What's next for you? What's what's on deck for, for Richard from here now with uh, 
you know, Fang now in the can and out on the world. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, as as Corey Udler told me once, uh, you know, the maker of Incest Death Squad and a number of other films uh, he, he made in the uh, Wisconsin area and Midwest, he told me once he put the film out to public, it was no longer his. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's that's theirs. why I say it's our movie. You know, everybody right. who works on who worked on Fang, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's our movie. And you know, it's easy, like, you know, because people, you know, people like to worship, you know, directors and actors to some degree, but you know, everybody is important who works mm-hmm. on it. And you know, I don't want to, you know, look like I'm like have this huge ego, like it's my <laughs> movie, god damn it. <laughs> No, yeah, it's our movie. You know, we all, we, you know, everybody who worked on Fang is an important part of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so, but what's next for you? What's that? What's on deck? You got another project lined up? You're looking at oh, yeah. uh, making another feature? Uh, oh, I have several projects lined up. There's, there's one script that I'm writing right now, which is based on my friend's book and I don't technically have the rights yet. So I can't say what it's called, Sure, but I can't tell you in a general sense what it's about. It's like this very like kind of brutal dystopian future, like kind of picture something like Blade Runner on crack. (laughs) (laughs) This would be what this is like. <laughs> so, so you're getting a little bit more ambitious in your projects. That is what you're saying. Oh yeah, and, and your scope of projects. Now, was Fang uh, was that crowdfunded or did you, uh, no? Uh, you 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 got financing. So, uh, would you are you open to crowdfunding? Because I've heard some indie filmmakers say if they can avoid it, they <laughs> will. Just yeah. because I mean, if it actually the- works, I would be open to crowdfunding. Sure. The problem is the actually works part <laughs> yeah there's also a, a new movie i'm working on which is based on an original premise of mine which i try to find the financing for now it's called broken angels and what it's about is like this guy who's campaigning to be elected senator of florida you know he's this very kind of charismatic smooth talking suave politician and he's great at you know manipulating people to be on his side and do what he wants, but he has like a double life as like a psychopathic sexual predator. Oh, yeah. The other characters are kind of like discovering that this guy is like really kind of fucked up. And so they want to try to expose him and he does not want to be exposed. Well, sure. Well, I, how are you going to sell Florida and Chicago though? Is what I'm saying. Oh, we filmed in Florida. <laughs> oh, it filmed in Florida. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Going Maybe. from winter to the tropics. To the tropics. You just you just want to go to a place that's warmer. You're like, you know what? And we're gonna oh, this sweltering heat could be oppressive in its own way. But but well, that's where you schedule your shoot during December. So when you go down to Florida, it's at that nice temperature, right? Oh, you're yeah, like, not the oh, oppressive yeah. temperature. <laughs> you're, it's not the oppressive temperature, and you're like Oh look, we're scheduled to have two weeks of negative temperatures in Chicago. That's what we're filming in Florida. Folks. Oh yeah, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. There you go. So, well, I, I'm looking forward to those uh, projects, oh, and I hope you. you can. I hope you can get those off the ground for sure. And, and I have uh, some smaller projects too mm-hmm. that 
like I'm in the very early stages of, and like I just optioned the rights to my friend's novella, which is like, and I, I don't want to say the exact title. No, no, you don't have yeah, to. No, yeah. Because it's still it. under wraps, but it's about sure. like this guy, like, like who's like, this guy is like really kind of like a loser kind of mm-hmm. guy. And like his mother buys him a sex robot. And that is, he falls in love with his sex robot and she's programmed to love him, but then she turns on him and he tries to get her reprogrammed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got some wild ideas sir, nice. and, and, and I can't wait to see them come to fruition. So you're still looking at doing shorts then uh, as well as. Yeah. This would be like a 30 to 40 minute. Like sure. we're planning on making a part of an anthology Oh, movie, okay. and I have a couple of other friends who are, mm-hmm. you know, interested in contributing to that too. And yeah, you know, I'm open to you know anybody who wants to work with me. I will consider your ideas <laughs> at the very least. He'll consider him. He, his ego's not big that big yet to where he'll just say, "Nope, it's all my ideas <laughs> or no one's ideas." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, anthologies. I always like anthologies because. Oh, yeah. Anthologies are cool. Especially nowadays because I've watched a few anthologies now to where I'll go, hey, I saw that short. I reviewed that short or, you know, I saw that short at a festival. And I I always look at anthologies as like kind of mini film festivals. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, to feature uh, those shorts that may not get coverage outside of a fest because. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, you have YouTube, but to discover it on YouTube is as good as trying to discover my channel on YouTube. There's so much out there. I know. Yeah. It's that, very, yeah, uh, very big. <laughs> it, it's, it's very big and a challenge. So that's why I always like seeing anthology films because uh, to get those indie short films, because I think, you know, I mean, well, I mean, you can attest to it. I'm sure there's more of it, but as far as the challenges, you have just as many challenges with short films as feature films. Well, it's the I mean, same I mean, challenges at a smaller scale. Right. Basically. You, you know, and locate- I can imagine, because Fang isn't actually that long of a movie. It's like 98 mm-hmm. minutes long. And, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, while I was making it, like if I was making a three-hour movie, that would be really hard. <laughs> or you're making one of like the like ongoing series where you have to film like an eight-hour season. Right. For TV or something, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, no wonder they have multiple directors <laughs> <laughs> for each episode. Well, I will tell you, I appreciate the runtime of Fang because oh, thank you. Uh, there's been too big of a trend, not just in not just in uh, um, big screen films, but even indie films to where they're getting longer. And I'm yeah. like, you know, some of these ideas, I'm like, they were really good if they were like, 30 minutes long but you've got a film that's like you know 90 minutes or you know two hours long and you're like this would have made a great great short film uh <laughs> oh yeah i mean well it's you know i try to be concise i try not to add like too much extra padding and i did get a couple of you know criticisms of fag where people were saying you know this is slow this is slow moving and i was thinking you know yeah it is it is slow but it's slow with you know but it's slow with something going on. You know, there's always something moving the story forward, or at least that's what I tried to make it. So. And and that's what you've got here. I don't understand the slow. If it's slow, it's, 
you know, uh, especially for Fang with only 98 minutes, I didn't feel like it was slow because you're doing character moments. Like you just exactly, said, not, yeah. not, not just moving plot, but you're doing character moments. I always felt like it was at least progressing, even if it's going into a dark, black, bleak hole. That's usually where my plot ideas go. <laughs> 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 I'd, I'd like to say right now that uh, Richard's opinions are his own and do not necessarily reflect those of the podcast. No, I just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I Fag Fag is great. Uh, oh, thank you. Know, you. It, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I wasn't sure uh, going into what to expect, and uh, what came out of it is not just a great performance by Lynn Lowry, but I think I think you've got a solid film here that. Uh, uh, definitely is an interesting exploration into, you know, uh, something that I don't think people realize is part of the Parkinson's condition. Oh, you yeah. Know, uh, no, you it's know, connected to dementia. Usually people have right. both, sadly. Right. And it is sad. And that's why I, when I saw the Gina character, I, I related it to, oh, I, she's just got dementia. And then it's the fact that she has Parkinson and I'm like, that's you know a, a nice little spin on it so uh hopefully i hope you could get it into more festivals uh and get more eyes on it uh you've got a, a strong film here and yeah I, I had fun with it and uh thank you you know i'm looking forward to your other projects as dark as they might be uh you well know. i mean you know what to expect <laughs> from me <laughs> now, now i know what to expect for you oh I mean, yeah, yeah after you've survived <laughs> thing <laughs> Of course, of course. Then again, I worked. Uh, I, I was. I helped uh, Mr. Derek Carey put together the anthology film uh, "Hole in the Wall," which is an extreme Wisconsin horror anthology. Which oh, if you could get that up, if you could get through the first short film in that one, you're good. Everything else in there is gravy. <laughs> now uh, I'm very curious about what you're talking about, so I'm gonna have to look it up. <laughs> Considering where your films are going, I think I think uh, I'd be interested to see what your opinion on Hole in the Wall is. It's yeah. uh, I think it's I'll on watch Troma. it. I'll, I'll let you know what I think. I, I think it's on Troma now, uh, actually. Oh, cool. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely <laughs> it's <laughs> it's an experience. It's an ex that's exactly what it is. It's an experience. <laughs> you know, I was happy that I could get a get a chance to view Fang, even though I couldn't make the premiere. So I appreciate that. And yeah, thank you for your time, Richard. Uh, yeah, I, thank I you, Mark. It was I hope everybody you know is watching this gets a chance to watch Fang, and I hope you have a fantastic time watching. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I, I like that. A fang, fantastic time. You should put that on the poster, baby. I got to trademark that. You got to trademark that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs>